And this is a partial tax reauthorization measure. Um, I'll just describe the measure in brief, and then we have one of the directors from AC Transit here uh, to talk about reasons for voting for the measure. Um, there is actually no organized opposition that we're aware of to the measure. There was no ballot argument submitted against the measure. Um, so that might be the extent of our discussions or when we could take questions. And in this case, it'll just be directed to the audience. So if you can raise your hand if you have a question, um, I think I'll just call on people and keep it a little more informal than the, the candidate forms. So uh, I will read uh, from this document, which is Regional Busy Voter Guide. It has pros and cons on the various measures. You can find this on the web at lwdae.org. And so uh, this says, in 2002, voters passed a measure that established a partial tax of $24 per year to help pay for AC transit bus service. In 2004, voters passed a measure that increased the partial tax to $48 per year. In 2008, voters passed a measure that increased the partial tax to $96 per year. And that's the, the amount that it has been at since then. The tax is scheduled to expire in 2019. And Measure C1 would extend that $96 per parcel tax until 2039. The parcel tax funds would continue to be audited every year and a Citizens Oversight Committee would continue to make sure the money is used correctly. And with that, I'll turn it over to the director. Thanks so much. Thank you, President. Um, yeah, the, uh, this is about 10% of our operating revenue, uh, this parcel tax. And it only applies to uh, essentially Northern Alameda County and uh, into uh, Contra Costa County up through Richmond. And it's, it's a very, very important thing. It's already existed. So were this not the tax, um, the service would be cut back severely. It'd have to be. This isn't something that we don't, we're already using it. It's already had buses on the road. It's already what we determine fares on. It's already how we determine our, you know, our, our senior fares, our youth, youth fares, everything. So everything would change. This is a status quo sort of thing. For me in particular, though, there's a future aspect to this that's extremely important. Any of you who have ridden on park lately understand the huge problem that we have with respect to uh, transbate uh, ridership. Park is filled to the gills. Very difficult to get on. The Metropolitan Transportation Commission is looking to AC Transit to greatly enhance its trans-based service to relieve it because the projections are such that if we don't do something to fill that brand new transit station, by the way, I'm chair of the organization that's building it, um, everybody's in a lot of trouble. You're just not going to be able to get under the bar, under the bay or along the bridge. So if this were to go, it would be almost impossible for us to expand that because we would we could only do so by really severely cutting back the local service. Politically, that would be very, very difficult to do. And I'm not sure I would want to do it. So it really has a future aspect. What it does is it will deny our future, deny the future that Metropolitan Transportation Commission is saying, you've got to do this for the region. You've got to do this because people who live in the East Bank will not be able to work in San Francisco. And 
vice versa, which is actually getting more and more frequent. There's people over there coming over here. Thank you very much for that statement. Are there any questions from the audience? And I will bring you my phone. <laughs> well, will the $96 be enough going forward? Because that sounded like a fairly long time. The, this parcel tax would be in effect, which is good. But with the cost of living constantly going up, our uh, HD Transit would have the same uh, maintenance uh, dollars going up and and everything else. Will ninety six dollars even be enough? And so why does it go for quite so long? I hope it would be enough for quite a while because what we have to understand is that um, there are a lot of efficiencies in AC transit that I would like to see implemented that would stave it off. Eventually you're absolutely right. Ten, twelve years from now, we'd have to do something. Um, we did get in Measure BB that passed uh, two years ago. Uh, we got $20 million from the sales tax revenue. There are other tax sources. It also depends on what's going to happen to the federal government. I mean, that's a huge question mark right now. Federal government basically buys all our budgets. Now, if that stays, that has to stay, or we're going to be asking for increases very soon. If it, if it were to go away. But if we got a good, if we got a federal government that went back in the infrastructure business, went back into the business of saying we have to support urban transit, and urban transit all over the country is hurting. So if that were to happen, then we can say, good, now got it, we can keep it at that level. Because I will tell you nationwide, the local voters of Alameda County in particular, with respect to the sales tax, and the property tax are very generous. And I don't, I don't want to abuse that. I don't want to give people the notion that we're just going to run to you all the time. I'd like to say that some other things are happening because comparatively, we, we're happy that we're in Alameda County. Some very generous people here. Very good. Uh, you, you were introduced by name. Uh, Director Harper. Greg Harper. Oh, Greg Harper. Harper. Yes. Mr. Harper, thank you so much. I have a rather complicated question about the unification of transit in the Bay Area. Previously, we heard from Chris about how far in AC Transit we used to be at loggerheads. I find this deeply troubling. It seems to me, having done business in London for over 20 years, used to, uh, uh, you know, London transport basically takes care of everything. It would be really more efficient, it seems, if we had more unification. That's one question. The other question is rather off the charts, maybe, has to do with the millennial power and the transit hub. And I'm wondering if there's going to be litigation about that. Will the taxpayers end up holding the bag for uh, I, there they are. Um, the Millennium Tower is accusing the transit hub of dewatering the ground and blaming them for the um, the debacle <laughs> that's happening with that. Do you have any comments on that? Well, yes, I happen to know a lot about that. Being chair of the authority, um, before we put a shovel into the ground, 
we knew that the tower was sinking and beginning to lean, and we told them that. And in a sense, we met with them and said, this is a problem you're going to have. It's already sunk to 80% of its lifetime sinking, and it's beginning to tilt. So we've got a good record there. And the litigation will still take place. Somebody may be on the hook for a billion dollars. So believe me, that's enough to propel litigation. Um, it's hard to say. I, I mean, it's not hard to say. We're not going to be found at fault. I can guarantee that. Um, but what's going to happen with it? And if anybody, if any taxpayers are going to be on the hook, um, I don't know, maybe San Francisco taxpayers of some sense, but certainly not, fortunately not the ones in Alameda County. Um, but we're pretty, we're pretty clear that we've got a good, we've got a good record of warning people before we started anyone. So that's that uh, issue. The um, uh, the issue about unification that's been an issue now for 50 years, and it's just getting so frustrating. The problem is you've got, I think, in the class count, 28 different Bay Area transit entities. They all uh, they all like their little fiefdoms. Um, it would take major, heavy impetus from the Metropolitan Transportation Commission to say enough is enough. And they'd have to go to the state, and the state legislation would have to come through, but we control it as Democrats, right? Let's get it done. And let's say, you know, the rest of the world knows how to do this. Why don't we figure out how to do it? I, I've suggested to MTC and Steve Hemminger that the way to start is to have MTC start a regional bus system. Because we really need that. BART isn't going any further than it is now. It really can't afford it. Nobody can afford that. And it's overcrowded as it is. But still, people want to get from Oakland to Stanford. Want to get from Stanford to San Francisco. Want to get all over the region. And if MTC could come in and just start one, a regional bus service, that might then be enough gravitas with which you could start to maybe pull in uh, the other, some of the other agencies to join it. Because the problem with regional bus service is that everybody wants to go in one direction, but the deadheading coming back is really expensive. So you have to have a system in which you go from Oakland to Stanford, but then from Stanford you go to San Francisco. And that has to be coordinated. And that's why those big metropolitan systems work so well. Because they can do that sort of thing. And when you get all these fiefdoms here, they have to protect all of their 28 pocketbooks. And you can't. Are there any other questions from the audience? I actually have a, a question. The city of Lincoln has made a practice of including a low-income low exemption provision for low-income households that own their homes. Parcel taxes and a rebate provision for low-income households that rent their homes in their parcel taxes. Uh, I don't believe that's part of this reauthorization. Is that something that AC Transit would ever consider, or maybe you speak to speak to that to make more? Well, you're absolutely right that that's not. I mean, I think the thinking here was to take the the fact that this is a presidential election year, the last one before we have a chance to get that big ownership coming in and to reauthorize what we have. I think that's the sort of thing that in the future as a modification for some things, where we can adjust to it over time. Because you want to know what those numbers are. Because if you lose those, if you lose those parcel taxes, um, then you've got to adjust your operations. And so it would be an interesting thing to do from a prospective basis and start to say, well, who's it serving? How's it working? Because right now, it is kind of unfair in this in this way, I don't know if I get in trouble, 
but it's a parcel tax. The smallest parcels in the region are condos. And they pay the same tax as the largest parcels in the area. And that's something that could, but that's the nature of a parcel tax. That's the law that you have with respect to parcel taxes. Is that it is on a per parcel basis according to the assessor. So, but I think it'd be an interesting thing to start to merge those issues because they're all the same issue. You know, how are we going to be able to, to, to create a, a, a life in the Bay Area that's enjoyable? It's the same issue that everybody has, whether it's transit, whether it's housing, whether it's social, other social services. And just like the last question, you know, to what extent can we start amalgamating our thinking and start saying, okay, let's do this because overall there will be enough improvement in our lives to make it worth it. Thank you. We have another question from the audience here. Thank you. Happy Nancy Bickle. Uh, would repeal of Prop 13 assist in nationalizing our tax yeah. system? <laughs> <laughs> well, repeal of Prop 13 would be great. And going back to the highest Eisenhower uh, federal tax rate of 90%. <laughs> <laughs> Would do, would do as well. I mean, the problem with Prop 13, of course, is it's not even in control of the legislature and the governor that we've got control of. It has to be done via initiative. Everybody who does, and, and it's been, you know, thought of and tried, and the league has been right at the forefront of that statewide in a very, very productive way. But every time the, the polls are run, they say, you know, it's, it's just not ready for it. At some point, you know, and I've said this on some of the AC transit stuff, sometimes don't believe the pollsters, just try it. You know, because it's an education. And lots of times ballot measures are educated. And I think, I think at some point the state legislature and the governor ought to say, we don't care what the polls say. We want to put this on because it should be done. And then to see where it goes, see if they can, see if a campaign can be waged to actually do it. Very much. Are there any other questions from the audience? I have another question. Okay. Um, I can shout. Uh, <laughs> what talking about the consolidation of these various victims? How about putting ballot measure and initiative on the ballot that says thou shalt consolidate? You mean on state ballot? Well, would that have to be the place? Yeah, really. I mean, our so much of our charter comes right out of the state legislation. You know, just just as Chris was saying. How much are you going to pay your directors? How much are you going to do this? An immense amount of stuff. And that's true for a number of especially the smaller agencies. The way to get it done most effectively is to get the legislature and the government on board to say, look, we're going to do this to the extent we can without asking anybody to vote on it. I mean, that takes leadership. And But, you know, at this point, we've got enough of the good guys in place that we should be expecting it. It's kind of frustrating when it doesn't happen. Yeah. Thank you. Unless we have more questions about the parcel tax, I think we should move on to the BART section. Very good. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.